0: Well, this morning we have a privilege and a treat. I know a number of us have begun the year in different fashions: some relaxing in the sunshine, uh, taking it easy; others straight into things. But a few of our Vision family headed off to Cambodia for a mission trip. We had a couple of Vision people, including Martin and Ross, who run the, the healing rooms. I nearly said our neighbours in Fishwick, but they're now down south. They've relocated down to the south side, God's side of. No, where did we go there? A promised land. Um, But uh, we've invited Martin to come and share. He's going to, I hope, weave some testimonies in there. I heard it was a great trip and the Lord did lots of incredible things. Can't even remember how many trips it's been, but there's been quite a few trips to Cambodia over the years. And he's also going to bring the word this morning. So would you welcome Martin? We'll let him loose this morning. Well good morning. I know you've been uh, sitting and standing and standing and sitting but I just felt a nudge in the worship before we share. Um, Some of you will know Anne Littley has uh, had what seems to be a a very serious stroke uh, early uh, well last week and she's really quite ill and I just felt the Lord say in the in the worship that we need to And we may have done this before, but I'm just being obedient to to his prompting. So I'm going to ask you to stand, please. How many know that effective, fervent prayer of righteous people avails much? So Anne is uh, finding it difficult to eat, to speak, and uh, we don't have all the details, but she's really very unwell and needs a creative miracle. It's a restorative and creative miracle in the stem of her brain. So would you join me in prayer as we lift her before the Lord this morning? Father, we've, we've worshipped this morning, we've, we've shared in communion and we're reminded in the communion meal that by your stripes we are healed. You've made a provision for our healing 2,000 years ago with the death of your son on the cross. So we put a demand on that provision this morning on behalf of Anne who can't be here today. Lord, we're asking, we're putting a demand on that provision for her this morning, that there would be a release of a creative miracle into her brain. Lord, that everything that's out of order would come back into divine order in Jesus' name. Every blood vessel would be opened again. Every bit of cognitive function, gross and fine motor skills that are, at this stage, not working as they should, we command them to come back into divine order in the name of Jesus. We ask, Father, for your healing presence now by your Spirit to descend on her. And even as we read in the Scriptures, the the centurion's servant was healed from the very hour that Jesus met with the centurion. We want to pray and believe this morning that from this very hour, Anne's situation would turn around in the name of Jesus. That she would raise up and be strong and healthy, fully functional in her brain fully functional in her limbs in jesus name fully functional in her sight in jesus name and that you would raise her up for the glory of the name of jesus that the doctors and nurses would be astounded at her progress and the turnaround in her condition it's all for your glory and we thank you for it this morning and everybody said together amen andrew thank you for the opportunity to share this morning Um, we deem it a privilege and uh, just by way of introduction nothing that that we share this morning is is meant in any way I just need to make this very clear because sometimes people don't understand not in any way is to bring glory or credit or aren't they clever or aren't they good to Roslyn or myself or the team who went with us to Cambodia this is all about glorifying Jesus All about glorifying Jesus. And just, I want to say publicly, is Jacinda here this morning? There she is. Lovely to see you. Um, uh, Sue Brealey and Jacinda Fair came with us and another couple from Melbourne. I just want to uh, publicly say what a delight, what a joy, and what a privilege it was to have you two with us. Outstanding people. And uh, outstanding people, and we just had the best time. Uh, I can't share a lot of that because what's shared on the tour stays on the tour. But, <laughs> but we, had, we had a ball in God, and we did some amazing things by his grace and for his glory. Now, we go to these places, primarily Cambodia now, as servants. As I shared with our team yesterday, we don't go with our predetermined program. We're going to go and change Cambodia for Jesus, although that's part of our goal, of course. But we go there with a program that's been organized with our partners there. We go there to serve them. So if they want us to do something in a particular village, we're there to do it. Does that make sense? In other words, we're not there to come home with a score sheet of testimony, salvations, healings, dead raising, all of that. We're there to serve. But the Bible says, as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else is added to you. And we certainly saw that. So I'm going to ask my lovely wife, Roz, to come and share some of the testimonies. Give her a welcome, too.
1: Good morning. Or should I say, which says, hello, how are you? And a, an a pr- appropriate response would be, "Laona okun." which means, very good, thank you. So it's a real privilege to be sharing this morning. 11 years ago, the Lord uh, sent us to Cambodia to suss out the land, to spy out the land. we would never been there before. He placed Cambodia on our hearts. We met this wonderful uh, couple, uh, Koi and Reni Chim, and they're four children at that stage. They now have five because they adopted baby Moses, who would have been thrown in the trash heap. Story for another day, but we met these people, quality people, and God knitted our hearts together. And we just knew that it was, uh, uh, there was a bigger plan attached to this that we would be able to go and, um, help them, partner with them. We support them from, from Australia financially, but we also go and take teams with us and we go into villages. Their, their heart is, and they are the most integri- one of the most integrous couples that we have ever met. You send them money, you get receipts, what they've done with the money. They tell you what they've done with that money. And they are passionate, absolutely passionate in um, in seeing... God's kingdom come to Cambodia. They're passionate in preaching the gospel, in healing the sick, in raising the dead, and in casting out the demons. They're doing the works of Jesus over there. But they're also super, super duper that's an old term, super duper passionate about educating the children from the slum areas, from the poorest village areas in Cambodia. So wherever they they set up a school, wherever they establish a school and they build school buildings, they plant a church. Hallelujah. It goes hand in hand. You know, sometimes a church is planted before the school, but they They are passionate about Christian education. They use the uh, government curriculum with the the Bible. With the Bible. The Bible alongside the government uh, curriculum. They have waiting lists. Parents want their children to go to Koyanreni schools. They have, um, in the last probably eight years, they have a uh, preschool in uh, Phnom Penh about 30 minutes from the city at uh, Tulponro village. They have another school, a primary school. They have on the railway track slum area uh, they have another school, a primary school there. For five and a half hours from Phnom Penh, they have in the uh, village, in the province of krachos, but it's spelled Kraty, but they pronounce it Kratos. Work that one out, I can't. And uh, they have another school up there wh- where there's no running water, there's no electricity. And they're looking at establishing a fifth school in a place called Ra Village that we were privileged, weren't we girls, to go into and... Um, they are wanting to build a school there. And when we go into these villages and to the schools, we deworm and we give vitamins out to all the school children, all the village. Uh, people in that village in that area because worms are a huge problem if any of the families have uh, experienced their kids with worms here it's 10 times worse over there so we, we deworm them we give them vitamins and that's a road into these areas then we pray for the sick then we go door to door or hut to hut or little shack to shack and we we give out the vitamins and we pray And we pray, pray, believe, you will receive. We pray not hoping God will do something. We pray in faith, knowing that he's going to do something. And we saw many, many healings. Uh, We were in Tulpanro village and we'd been to the school. The other awesome privilege we had was we we prayed and blessed every school child over there. We prayed and blessed them with the, the father's plan for their life. We prayed that they would uh, absorb and learn quickly, because you see, if they they uh, get an education, they get out of poverty. They don't have to live in the slum areas. So it's it's just a real real privilege. So we're in this uh, one village uh, village area, and we the team went from uh, door to door, and uh, one of the houses or the shack that we went into <clears throat> very primitive. Uh, there were three of us on the team there with an interpreter, and we went in because the husband was very ill and lying on what they call a bed, but really it's just timber slapped, slats um, raised up a little bit. And he was very sick, and the, the wife wanted us to come and pray. See, the, over there, it's, it's, the majority are Buddhist. But they just welcome us coming and pray, praying for them, so we prayed for this man. he, um, he couldn 't breathe properly, he had extreme digestive issues and, and a lot of pain, like there was a blockage, and uh, he also had uh, we found this after when, when after we prayed, he had the whites of his eyes were absolutely yellow, so we prayed in the name of Jesus, we released the healing power of Jesus. Very quickly after after prayer, he got up off his bed, climbed down the couple of um, steps on the ladder, and uh, he said, "I can breathe. I can breathe. Come on, get excited. I can breathe." And all the discomfort here—he hadn't eaten. He was very weak. He hadn't eaten. All the discomfort and the blockage um, uh, was gone, and he—the pain was gone. God did amazing things. He was, he was thanking the Lord. His wife then decided, oh, I've got a soul back. Oh, terrible back. Gorgeous lady. Oh, oh, you know, she's ripping up her shirt. We said, no, no, we don't need to see. We don't need to see. We laid hands um, on her. We had three in the team. This is very important. The first person laid hands on this lady and prayed, rebuked the pain, commanded things to come back into alignment. And, you know, uh, after prayer, we say, so how, how does it feel? Try, try it out. She said, oh, a st- bit better, but still pain. Okay, number two team, come and pray. So number two came, laid hands on the lady. And prayed in the name of Jesus. How, how, how is it now? Oh, a lot better, but still a bit of pain and, you know, still stiff. So number three came and prayed. Woo! See? I prayed, laid hands, totally free of pain, totally healed. She is bending and swaying and dancing. The smile on her face was huge. And we were there in this little shack on a dirt floor, praising the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's that simple. That simple. And there were many other healings in that area as well. One, uh, we went for two, day, two nights um, up to uh, Creighton on the bus, five and a half hours, and we went to the school up there. And the other thing we're able to do, see, we always go to serve, but we always go to bless. We always go to share the love of Jesus. We have some very generous people back here who partner with us here in Canberra. And uh, they gave us some uh, extra money to buy some things. So we were able to package and give out 250 bags of school supplies to all the school children in these schools. And at Crady, in the in this village where there's no water, there's no electricity, we were able to... A lot of the children did not have shoes. They came to school barefoot, okay? A, f- a few years ago, we bought all of these children school shirts because some had them some didn't. Some had them, some didn't. So we were able to bless them. So we bought all these pairs of Crocs at a local market and gave it to them. And the smiles on their faces, you know, it meant so much. And a school pack that has two exercise books, a ruler, an eraser, a pencil sharpener, and two lots of protein milk for them um, to drink. You gave it to them, you would think we'd given them a million dollars. See, we give our kids back here something like that. Pfft. Oh yeah, that's for school. But this is, this is, some of them couldn't let it go. You know, uh, that, that was a blessing. So for those of you who are here, that you, you know who you are, that you gave us some money to, to help, we, we thank you. And the, the kids and Koi and Rennie thank you as well. So we, we are at Craty, and um, in the afternoon this one day, uh, we had a meeting with 35 of the parents. They're the kids that go to the school, 35 of them. And uh, we we shared a little bit. Uh, We gave out the medicines and the vitamins, and then uh, Martin said, okay, who's got sickness in their bodies? And we had been here a number of years previous and saw a lot of healings, a lot of healings, and a lot of people remembered us being there. And so who has uh, pain in their body? Who has issues in their bodies? Well, we saw the Lord just heal backs, necks, migraines, headaches, um, there were a lot of women up there that had that burning, fiery uh, itchiness in their eyes. Well, that's understandable, because what do they cook on? Not an electric stove. They cook outdoors on coals or on a wood fire. So there there was a no, there were a number of them that uh, we prayed. The fieriness went, the redness went, and some of them, that was uh that had failed eyesight it was restored in the name of Jesus it was a powerful time there was the uh a few years ago when we went up there we had um the the village chief from the neighboring village that we went to again and the resident witch doctor came down to suss us out to see what we're doing well six years ago he got healed And he said, come to my village, come to my village, which we did and saw a lot of healings. But he was back there again this year. He came to uh, the meeting. Five of his children now go to Coy and Rennie School. He's no longer the chief. He's no longer the witch doctor. He got incredibly healed of back and knee, wasn't it, girls? Yeah, back and knee. And he was a happy camper. We got him on video. But, you know... We then had Martin shared a simple gospel message. Simple gospel message, and see, that's what we do when we go over there. We we adopt the Kiss principle: keep it simple, Saint. No good praying wads, you know, of scripture or um, Christianese. We keep it simple when we pray in the name of Jesus. Anyway, at the end of this time, it was very powerful. Um, 14 of those 35 parents gave their lives to Jesus. 14, come on. The greatest miracle and healing of all. You know, so we are so grateful to the Lord. And of course, there's already a house church established up there, isn't there? So they're going to be nurtured and, and uh, brought into that family. So that was an incredible privilege. You know, we, we went to this uh, cafe, uh, Team Coffee Great food, wasn't it, girls? Really good food. We have to be careful where we eat because we don't want anybody to be sick. So uh, we have some strict guidelines with the food that we eat. We found this cafe, Koi and Rennie recommended. It's fine, the food's good, it's prepared well. Um, you won't have any problems. And plastered all over one of the wall is is our, our slogan. I thought, it's a sign, it's a sign. And they did good coffee, it was another sign. Oh, the word. Teamwork makes the dream work. See, there's no superstars on our team except Jesus. Teamwork makes the dream work. You know, I said about three of us prayed for that one one lady with her back. That's teamwork, people. That's giving all the glory to Jesus, not to an individual. So there are many, just the last um, uh, testimony. We have seen so much fruit. Why do we keep going back? Because, really... Yes, the Lord is prompting us, but we see so much fruit. This is not a dead work. We're seeing lives transformed. We call it Transformation Tour. Their lives are being transformed, okay? It's a real privilege. But about seven years ago, Martin and I were over there on our own. We didn't have a team that time. We didn't know why until we got there. And then we knew, aha, this is why it's just the two of us. So the Tulpron Row school that I mentioned before. Uh, Koi says to us, "Um, do you remember when you were here last year and we went to the village and there was a little four-year-old girl who was totally crippled. She could not walk. Her mum carried her everywhere on her hip or she had a couple of really old crutches but she couldn't walk. Now because she was close to the city, um, she obviously could go to doctor. I don't know how. But the doctor said to the mother, we can do nothing for this child. She will be crippled all her life. She'll never be able to walk. <clears throat> Whoa, she'll never be able to walk. She'll be in a wheelchair and that will be her life. So Koi um, said, do you remember we prayed for this little girl? We did. We prayed, the four of us. And we saw nothing. Nothing happened, but we prayed and we believed that things would happen. Well, He calls this little girl up who's now 12, about 12 years of age. This is the little girl. She is walking. She is walking. We just wept. She's walking. She still has the skinniest little legs, but she is walking. She is being educated. She is running up and down the stairs. This school is a four-storey building and she is walking. And Coy said, no medical intervention. He said it took an nearly a year a year people but we prayed we believed she is walking she her life is transformed she's being educated she is joining in with the other kids where she had a label of cripple before she doesn't anymore this is the power of our God this is the love of Jesus we just saw as I said so many things but this is the fruit we have booked in for next year as well uh, to go again and if anyone wants to come, go to Mozambique as well, by all means. But this is life-changing. We have taken... The eldest we've taken on, a, on a, a trip, missions trip, is 78 years of age. You are never too old. You are never too old. Okay? So... And, and the young people, and I'm sorry these two boys aren't in. But you know what? If you have a gap year at school, go on a missions trip. Go on a missions trip that is going to bring change, not only to uh, the lives over there, but for us. Transformation tour, our lives are transformed. You know, God does an amazing work in our hearts and we can't wait to get back there again. Also, I wanted to say, uh, our lovely Jacinda, uh, she had, uh, it was a privilege, she had the opportunity to teach, she's a school teacher to teach two English classes over there. And she was just, oh in Seventh Heaven. She had a blast. She was able to also share with Koya Rennie about the Australian curriculum and uh, give them some encouragement and some advice on their curriculum. And that's what it's about, you know, sharing what we have, partnering with them. And finally, the one thing that really hit home to us, we the last night we take... All of Coy's family, their five children out for a meal and boy, can they eat. Oh my goodness, can they eat from 21 down to 10 years of age. But it's just a delight to see them tuck into this food. He said to us, he said, you know, for the last six months, I've been doing what the Lord's called us to do. But I've kept saying to my children, I don't have any, any fire. I don't have any passion. I'm doing the works, but uh, there's no joy in it. And he said, He said to us, teams, they have a few teams come from around the world each year. Teams come, and a lot of teams come for a visit. They just come for a visit, and then they go. We don't hear anything from them. But he said, you people come and you start a fire in our belly. You start a fire in us. So if nothing else happened, it was worth the six of us going just for that. He's now set on fire. He's recharged. He's encouraged and he's going for it so they're just a few thank you for listening God is doing amazing work not just over there but in our nation in our healing rooms we're, sa- we're starting up again this week and he's healing he's saving he's delivering so God bless
0: you know as Roz uh, said we've, we've been taking teams to Cambodia and other places but primarily in the last little while Cambodia for 10 years and I was reminded this morning that we first went to India in 2008, I think it was. So that's 16 years. And I say it for this reason, 16 years of either being on or leading teams. And this year we faced some challenges that we've never faced in 16 years. And I don't need to go into that except to say uh, it was very challenging. And, uh, but God, God's grace is amazing Um, it's just simply amazing so thank you again to those who contributed to uh, enabling us to do all that we did particularly in blessing the children and others there I just want to pray before I share the word father we thank you for uh, your amazing grace holy spirit I ask you to anoint my words now and May they hit the target in each of our hearts this morning. Anoint my words and anoint the hearers, I pray in Jesus' name. So the title for my message this morning, and don't worry, the sausages won't burn, is Glimpses of Glory. Glimpses of Glory, and hopefully that will become clear as we get through this. And I'm very conscious of the time. Exodus 33, don't turn there, but I'll read it to you. Many of you will know this scripture. Exodus 33, verses 13 to 18, Moses speaking. And he says this now, and this is from, I'm just reading from the NIV because I just like the way it renders it. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. We love his acts, don't we? But not many focus on his ways. Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. We're not going anywhere without you. That was the Richard paraphrase just in there. We're not going anywhere without you. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and, that, and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. How many know that when he says I'll do something, he does it? Some of you. I'll get the rest of you with me before the end. This very thing that I have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight. And here it is, I know you by name. The good news for you this morning is that he knows you by name, Maxine. He knows you by name, Sue. Then verse 18, Moses said, please show me your glory. (laughs) Now, if we pause there, if I was God, I'd say, haven't you seen enough yet? (laughs) A burning bush and a few other things. But Moses said to him, please show me your glory. I really feel there was something in the heart of Moses that yearned for more of God, that he had, although he'd seen the burning bush and come through the Red Sea and seen God deliver them, there was so much more that Moses realized that God had for him. Who's in that camp this morning? The answer to me is fascinating. And that's where I want to focus briefly this morning. I will cause all my goodness to pass before you and you will proclaim and will proclaim before you my name the Lord. Moses' request, show me your glory, the word there is kavod in the Hebrew. God's answer was, well I'll show you all my goodness. Now I want to just say at this point that that indicates to me and I'm not a theologian but that just indicates to me that his glory is interchangeable or synonymous perhaps with his goodness yes because it's a different word goodness in the Hebrew and I haven't got it in my notes but it's a different word altogether I checked it and it's a different word but why would God say in in answer to the question show me your glory I will have all my goodness pass before you if it was something different the Bible says in, in the Gospels, which father, if his son asks for him for bread, is going to give him a stone. Moses asked for something and God says, well, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you my goodness. Are you with me? Such was the magnificence of his goodness. We read in the following verses that he had to put Moses in the cleft of a rock, and there's never a rock when you need one, in the cleft of a rock and cover him with his mighty hand so that Moses could survive the experience. You're getting the picture. So I think his goodness is something pretty awesome, pretty marvellous. We read several times in the Old Testament where the glory of the Lord showed up. And here it is, all the people saw it. Not Not just the priests, not just the Levites, but all the people saw it. In fact, we read that the glory of the Lord covered the tabernacle in Exodus 40. To the extent that Moses couldn't go in there because his presence was so strong, so thick. But again, all the people saw it. They also witnessed his glory manifest itself in a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Who remembers that? Different manifestation of his glory, if you like, but nonetheless, his glory. For all to see, we read in 1 Kings 8, where the ark was returned to the temple Under Solomon's rule and reign, the priests couldn't stand ministering. Such was the the weightiness of his presence, his glory. It was just so strong they couldn't function. (laughs) So strong they couldn't function. Perhaps this was a glimpse of glory. Or perhaps more correctly, it was a full-on 1080 HD with surround sound experience, to put it in today's language, yes? So let me ask you this today, don't raise your hand, but let me ask all of you today, from the youngest to the oldest, have you ever been pinned to the floor, say, by the weight of his presence, such that you cannot get up? Have you ever experienced his presence in a way that you can't function because his presence is so strong? See, my Bible says we're living under a new and better covenant. So it had me thinking about the glory of the Lord in our day and age. And the whisper came, (laughs) And that's why the title, it wasn't some clever thing, you know, glimpses of glory. Well, there's a bit of alliteration there. No, the whisper came in Cambodia as we were witnessing some of these amazing things. Glimpses of glory. Such was the whisper. Some of the whispers are easier to miss than to catch. But it just kept coming. So in obedience, that's why you've got this this morning. If we look at the New Testament, the main word for glory is doxa, from which we get our word doxology. It's used 145 times, depending on which translation. And the Greek word used for goodness is often translated as excellence. Different word. John 1.14, speaking of Jesus, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth and We beheld his glory. This is John writing, a first-hand eyewitness account of someone saying, we beheld his glory. Therefore, if you see Jesus, you see his glory. Yes? If you see the works of Jesus, you see his glory. The Bible declares throughout the Gospels that when the people saw the works of Jesus, they were astonished. Sometimes it says they were amazed and indeed they were astonished that he spoke as one with authority not like the religious leaders spoke who were all about rules and regulations jesus spoke with authority and the people were amazed john 2:11 we read at the wedding about the wedding at cana where remember that they would run out of wine <laughs> i love this and mary says to jesus well fix it and he says, What has this to do with me, woman? Now, if I spoke to my mother like that when I was a boy, I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> but what did Mary say? Just do what he says. And then, depending on your translation again, six 30 gallon containers, which my maths works out to be about 800 litres of the very best wine, is at this wedding. What a party that would have been! The Bible says, verse 11, that this was the first of his miraculous signs and manifested, if you like to use a a more colloquial term, displayed his glory. His doxa, that was a display of his glory. Are you with me? John 11, Jesus receives news that one of his closest friends is sick. So what does he do? Stays there another four days. And the disciples say, well, Lazarus is asleep. And Jesus initially said, yes, he's asleep. But then he made it very clear to them, did he not? No, he's not asleep. He's actually dead. And this happened so that the glory, the doxer of God, could be displayed. He stayed another four days. Now, there's a school of thought. Perhaps a commentator says that they believed in Bible times that it took up to four days for the spirit to leave the body. I don't know, I can't say categorically. In other words, it's not the opinion of the manager or the management. I'm just saying there is a school of thought. But what I can say is I agree with Martha's comment when she said, surely he stinketh. As Jesus said, roll away the stone. That I know would be true in the Middle Eastern sun, irrespective of the season, four days of a dead person, surely he stinketh. Verse 14, Lazarus is dead and for your sake I'm glad I wasn't there so that you may believe. We know Jesus calls him out of the tomb, Lazarus comes forth, is raised from the dead and there's a wonderful display of the glory, the doxa of God. A glimpse of glory, a hugely remarkable one nonetheless. Moving on and we're nearly to the home straight. Romans 2.4 says it's the goodness. Another translation says it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Yes? Roz mentioned that we're up in, up in Crete, and again, we just do what we're asked to do. So Coy said to me, uh, a day before we went up, I think it was, look, I want to gather the parents. They're all, most of them are all Buddhists. But could you just share the gospel with them? Sure. As Roz has shared. But here's what she didn't share. As soon as I got up to speak, and here's a room with, you know, 35 mums and a few men there, mainly mums. Impoverished place, but happy people. We have so much here, and yet we grumble about. It's too hot, too cold, the wall's the wrong colour or whatever. These people are happy. They've got nothing. 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 So we we sat them. They sat in the classroom there. And the moment I opened my mouth to speak, never had this before. And this isn't the challenge of which I I spoke earlier. That's something different. The moment I opened my mouth to speak, this voice began. These are all Buddhists. They're not going to respond to your message. And the whole, so I'm smiling on the inside because I know what's going on. I wasn't fearful at all. And I don't say that boastfully. I just recognize what's going on here. Are you with me? And I I don't know. I shared maybe five, ten minutes. I forget now. Just a simple message about this very good friend of mine, Jesus. And I I just shared. And the whole time. So how are you going to wrap this up, mate? This is, how are you going to wrap this up? How are you going to bring this to a conclusion so you can have a a call for salvation, this battle going on in my head? And um, I just kept speaking. And at that stage, I didn't know how I was going to wrap it up. But I was totally reliant on the Holy Spirit to show me how to wrap it up. So this, this was incessant. Never had it before. Quite an interesting experience, let me tell you. So I finished, I wrapped it up, gave the, the call for want of a better word, and up went these hands. That was a glimpse of glory. A glimpse of glory. It was the goodness of God that led them to repentance. One more scripture before the home stretch, and only one conclusion this morning, you'll be pleased to know. 2 Peter one three. His divine power has given us Just some of what we need that's not what it says in my Bible his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness doxa and excellence so let me encourage you this morning The good news is for all of us that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. We indeed saw glimpses of glory again and again and again, despite challenges, again and again and again over there. Particularly when discouragement came. And quite frankly, we didn't know what to do. And that's when you really rely on the Holy Spirit to come through and give you the grace to persevere. As, as, as Rod said, we went to remote villages. Uh, and I need to just expand on the picture. There's no doctors. There's no clinics. There's no doctors doing their rounds once every X months. There's no Medicare. There's no welfare. There's no running water. There's no electricity. But ironically, up in Creighton, some five hours north of uh, non pen fortunately the roads had been repaired so we came home with a bit of a spine um, last time it was shaken to bits but that was much better this time and even a bridge over the river that we didn't have to traverse in another way but ironically up there where there's no nothing no nothing I had better cell connection on my phone than I do just out of Queen Bear. <laughs> so work that out no hospitals within a hun- hundreds of kilometres. Perhaps in the village at Creaty, the, the closest would have been, the closest civilisation, and I use the term uh, deliberately, would be some 70 kilometres away. But how do you get, let's, let's put it in today, in, in local thing, how do we get from Gol- to here to Goulburn if you don't have a car, if you don't have a motorbike? Because there's no bus you can get on, there's no transport. So, even if you're sick and you want to get to a doctor, you can't. Are you getting the picture? Because there simply aren't any. No communication, no Wi Fi. And this is where we really see the gospel in action. Many of the children, not so much in that village, but other villages that we went to, certainly in the Ra village, they can't go to school. Why? Because the older siblings are told to stay home to look after the younger ones because mum and dad or sometimes only mum or sometimes only dad because one of them's an alcoholic or a drug addict and left the scene and left the kids on their own. They've got to go to work to make some money to at least put some rice on the table. Are you getting the picture this morning? So there's nothing and these children are left for days on end to their own devices, which of course perpetuates the cycle of poverty. Without education, these children are destined to a cycle of a life of poverty. And one of the most effective ways to build faith in people, even in Buddhists who have never heard the Four Spiritual Laws, never never sat in a church, never sat under the sound of the gospel, is a demonstration of the power of God. Someone is healed, and they say, "Well, how did you do that?" We can say, "Well, we want to introduce you to the one who did it. His name is Jesus." And they're far more open to the gospel than us clever Westerners, let me say that. But it's the same there as it is here. There's no, well, that's a big statement, I'm going to say it anyway. There's probably no better way to build faith than to have a demonstration of God's power. What did Paul say? I don't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith doesn't rest on man's wisdom, but on the power of God. And again, it's not about us, but a glimpse of glory when you can lay hands on someone and their pain disappears, their eyesight is restored, their gut is now functional again, and they get up and they can eat. That's the goodness of God that's going to lead someone to repentance. And that, to me, is a glimpse of glory. You can't say it any other way. Ros mentioned the girl who couldn't walk. I tell you what, we wept. We wept when Coy said, come and and see this girl. And here she is, about this tall, you know, and last time she's a little baby destined to a life of misery. We wept. And the Lord said, there's a glimpse of glory. There's another glimpse of glory. You see, there's no mobility matters. God bless them. You can't go down and get a a walking frame because there ain't any. Pardon my grammar. I, I, I didn't see a wheelchair the whole time we were in Cambodia. I'm, I'm not saying there aren't there, but they're not like you see here. People don't have access to these things. So if Jesus doesn't show up, when we come or other teams come in the name of Jesus. But again, we pray and believe and we leave the rest up to him. Because that was fruit from seven years ago. We went in, when we are up at, at Ra Village, final story maybe, nearly. Some stayed back, we were getting ready to distribute the medication. And uh, I, I know it's close to lunch, but we have had confirmation too that the deworming medication has worked. And that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> That was an interesting text. We're up at... We're up at Ra... It wasn't a picture, it was just a text. We're up at Ra Village and some were getting ready to distribute the medicine and the vitamins and a few of us went for a walk. Very hot day, about 35 degrees and probably 90-something percent humidity. A dusty road, primitive village, no electricity, no... And a man going up and down the street with a microphone on a, 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 a... What do you call it? A loud hailer strapped to his motorbike um, all in Kamai, making a terrible noise and it was some political statement or something and there's no elections on but <laughs> like this the whole time it was very very off-putting so we went for a walk and Coy said to me um, have you got a minute he said there's a lady in this next house and she's like the lady in the Bible with the issue of blood could we come and pray sure we'll come and pray so I went into this dwelling and here's a woman on a hammock um, looking unto death with a distended huge stomach. hadn't uh, passed water for four days, I think they said, and labored breathing. And I want to just want to bring just a, a balance so that you don't think it was all, you know, Miracles and signs and wonders. But here it is. We prayed, nothing happened. A couple of our team members prayed, nothing happened. And I could see that the dis- disappointment on their face was uh, palpable. But what does the Bible say? When you pray, don't doubt. Don't doubt. When you pray, believe, and you will receive. So we leave the timing, the how and the when up to him because on previous visits, just like we saw on this one with the girl from seven years later, we've been there before having prayed for a woman 12 months before that who looked like she was ready for the undertaker and the next time we came, she came up to us and said, do you remember me? She was unrecognisable in the right way. She'd put on weight, had you know, plump face, and, and she, so nothing happened when we prayed. That's what I'm saying. Twelve months later, here she is. Seven years later, here's a girl walking. So we prayed for this lady and her breathing. How are you feeling now? No better. We prayed again. We prayed three times, and I just felt the Lord say, you've done all you need to do now. You need to move on. And that's really hard because there's something that pulls at your heartstrings that says, hang on, can we do more? but it's listening to the Lord and he says, no, it's time to move on. Now, we don't know what happened there. But again, children of various ages that 10 years ago couldn't read or write and here they are finishing primary school or high school. Some have gone on to university. That's a glimpse of glory. And to answer the question, we're invariably asked, so I don't have to answer it 15 times after the service. (laughs) Why do you see more healings there than you do here? And I I need to apologize to my team. Uh, Yesterday I shared just this little snippet and I said there's three reasons and my mind went blank for the third. So you'll get the third one now. Three reasons. There's no unbelief because there's a lot of unbelieving believers in the West. There's no backup plan. They can't go and get a second or third opinion. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a second or third opinion. They don't get a first opinion because they don't get to a doctor. Are you with me? And here's number three. There's no cessation theology. There's no liberal theology, cessation slash liberal theology that says, well, this all stopped at the end of the apostolic age. Healing and signs, wonders and miracles were only there for the apostles to kickstart the church. Now there's a crock if ever I've heard one, but this is taught in our seminaries, in still in the twenty-first century in the West. A minister friend of mine, who's in a in a, a mainstream denomination, says, "I say to my colleagues, why do we have intercessory prayers for healing when you don't believe in healing?" And they say, "Oh, because well, we have to do it." And he said, "Will you show me in the scriptures where, where, where it says that this stopped, A.D. 125?" And they say, oh, we can't. And he said, well, why do you have intercessory prayer for healing if you don't believe in it? Silly, isn't it? Jesus made it very clear. It's for the the responsibility of every believer to pray for the sick until he returns. I could spend a whole session on that. But for now, when his presence is there to heal and pain, sickness and disease leaves their body, here or there, the natural reaction is to say, How did you do that? And our answer is always, Jesus is the healer. We don't do any healing. He does the healing. And yet the mystery of it is he says, heal the sick. And as I shared with the team yesterday, he says, heal the sick. I'm going to do it, but I want you to do it. (laughs) It's sort of a bit confusing, isn't it? I don't know how it all works, but we just keep doing it and he does it. And we're not going to give up doing what he's told us to do until he comes back or he calls us home. Because it's really exciting when you see a glimpse of glory. And whether one life is changed there or one life is changed here, it is a glimpse of glory. So let me, here it is, encourage you to have a childlike expectation for glimpses of glory. See, what you seek, you find. Go hunting for them. Go hunting for a glimpse of glory and you'll find them. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's a life that was changed. It's a glimpse of his glory. And if you believe it, say amen.